Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. Prop Drops brought to you by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today and a promo code 444. Receive a risk-free $1,000 bet. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined by two of my favorite fellow Prop D gents. Coming off an excellent week seven. First, Connor Allen. Connor, what's good, buddy? Uh, everything is good after last week. Uh, let me just tell you that I felt like everything we talked about turned to gold. Uh, you know, we went... Uh, you know, nine and three on the show, particularly, but including our prop tool bet, ten and three. I mean, not to mention that we lost the Jared Goff under by half a yard. We lost Dallas Goddard's reception by one reception or half a reception. Um, I mean, we were very close to just a clean sweep. We were, we were touching it. So, uh, yeah, pumped to get back at it, man. It was good stuff. Let's replicate that again. And joining us, of course, as always in this spot, is our man, Prop Stars, Alex. How are we feeling today? Gentlemen, what's good? Ryan, Connor, great to see both of you. I'm stoked. We went ten and three. I'm I'm ready to go undefeated this week, though. Mm, so I'm talking about love it. Um, but we appreciate you joining uh, wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss a show. We have two shows a week here from Move the Line, both available in podcast form and available to watch on our YouTube page at Four for Four. Those links are all available in the show notes. Uh, if you happen to be listening to the podcast on say Saturday morning. Uh, join us on Friday night next time in the chat. We really enjoy that part a lot. Um, this is the prop drop, as you know. Uh, on Wednesdays, Connor and I bring on some of the best analysts in the space to go game by game. We break down basically a matchup show, uh, looking at all the angles to bet um, every week. So after we go around here, I'm going to share our favorite plays of the week. We're going to try to take as many questions as we can. So uh, please fill up the chat. Fire away as always. Um, you can you know, join us while we're talking about ours. You can start to fire off questions now. We have some Twitter questions as well. Uh, and then we'll also hit on our player prop tool bet of the week that uh, producer Sal has been rolling and crushing as well. Uh, that was part of our 10 and 3 mix last week. So good stuff. Uh, also want to note, we have drastically reduced the uh, betting sub at 4 for 4. Good through Sunday only. The betting subscription is $44. I don't know whose decision this was. Um, supposed to be like we're supposed to be in charge of some of this stuff. We were not consulted on this. Uh, it's a great deal. Uh, that's going to get you access to literally every single piece of content on our site from now until the end of February. Literally everything. Uh, incredible offer. Um, I think access to our Discord chat alone is worth more than that. So, uh, 444.com slash plans. Again, get with us today. It's also in the show notes. Uh, check it out. Connor, get us started, buddy. What is your first prop here in week eight? Yeah, so my first one is uh, Jalen Hurts over 252.5 passing yards. I get that he's been really volatile, um, but now draws Detroit secondary, 27th in pass seed DVOA, dead last in EPA per dropback, and, and allowing nearly nine yards per pass attempt. Uh, I mean, I think that this team really, like a lot of people will talk about, oh, well, they haven't allowed that many passing yards. They haven't allowed that many passing yards because no one has been able to have to, they don't have to throw on them because they're winning by so much because this team is so bad in general. Now you have a game with the Eagles where they're only three-point favorites. It should be back and forth. If you look at how Hertz has done sim- against similar defenses that are you know in the bottom five in most metrics, which so far is the Chiefs and Falcons that he's played, he threw for 387 against the Chiefs, 267 against the Falcons. Um, now Miles Sanders is on IR, so you're looking at a place where they're probably not going to establish the run anytime soon. So I think that the volume alone should get him there and that he should be able to uh, you know hit the over on that one. Man, you love yourself some Jalen Hurts props. I mean, Jalen Hurts and another guy we talk about in a little bit here. It's just like almost every week if they're in every the right week. matchup, it's just like I, I mean I, I don't lose with them. That's the thing is that if you keep winning, just keep hitting them, keep going back to the well. 
Um, I'm going to jump in here and tag team it. Um, my first one I'm going to give is Devontae Smith over 61 and a half receiving yards. Uh, kind of pairs well, obviously, here. Available on DraftKings, minus 115. You know, the box scores have been up and down a little bit. Obviously, you know, as Connor mentioned, you know, Jalen's been a little bit erratic, but I think wheels up for the Slim Reaper this weekend in Detroit. It's Halloween, right? Slim Reaper, like just kind of <laughs> all coming together. Uh, Lions have given up 85.1 yards per game so far this season to number one receivers. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're trotting out a – it's just the worst coverage unit in the league. Um, their top corner ranks 103 out of 113 in PFF's uh, coverage metrics. Um, they have multiple other undrafted dudes that are getting uh, starter snaps. They're so beat up that they have a – like. 4.7, you know, 40 dash undrafted safety in the slot, Dean Marlowe. Uh, it's just not good. I think uh, it's going to be just destruction there. I think it's going to be back and forth game, you know, and the usage that we're seeing for Smith, even though the box scores haven't been great, 94% of the team's passing attempts, he's run a route on. He's got 24% target share, 32% of the air yards. I mean, that is way out in front on that Eagles roster. So I'll absolutely love him this week. Big playability. He could do it on limited touches. So uh, Devontae over 61 and a half. Uh, all right, Alex, first one for you, bud. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I actually had the Jalen Hurts prop in there as well as my first one. Really I was going to go with wow. his- I was going to go with his rushing yards, but I was just scanning the board for a while, and I pivoted out after I found <laughs> another prop that I really like. It's just funny that we're all on Jalen Hurts this week, or we're going to be. But, uh, yeah, my first one is uh, Antonio Gibson over 50.5 rushing yards. I saw this at minus 110 on MGM. Gibson's been over in five of seven games so far this season. He's not listed on the injury report. He practiced in full. I know he's got a shin issue, but he seems to be playing through it, and he's been somewhat effective. He's had double-digit carries in all seven games so far this season. Uh, no Curtis Samuels, no Diami Brown. The Washington football team is going to have to run the ball, in my opinion, in order to stay in this game. The Washington football team's offensive line is also fully healthy for, I believe, the first time this season. On the other side, the Broncos are just getting torched on the ground, especially recently. We saw Dernest Brown go for 146 yards last week. Najee Harris had 122 the week prior. Latavius Murray even went for 60. Josh Jacobs had 54. They've allowed an opposing running back to eclipse this in their last four games. Uh, also on the Broncos side, Mike Purcell, who is arguably Denver's best run defender, has been ruled out for this game. Vaughn Miller is also highly questionable and 50-50 to play in this game. Uh, the game projects to be close as well and competitive. I think it's going to produce the type of game script necessary to get Gibson in that 12 to 15 carries range. My opinion, that's all he needs to hit this over. The number's low. I'm buying it. 50.5, Antonio Gibson. I love it. Love it. Um, yeah, make some good cases for that one for sure. Connor, what's your uh, number two, bud? Mute. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got caught on the mute. I got caught on the mute. Um, So this is the other guy I was talking about. Davis Mills under 222 and a half passing yards. Um, It's like a, you know, like a checklist for me. It's like, is Davis Mills starting? You know, yes or no? Yes. Is he playing against the top five defense? Yes or no? Is the over under somehow over 200 passing yards? Yes or no? If so, bet the under. Right now we're at 222 and a half passing yards. I don't understand what the books are doing. Like, I understand he had success against two defenses that which are, you know, 
good or average, you know, in the Colts and the the, the Patriots, um, you know, he threw for plenty of yards against them. But then when you look against teams that, you know, actually have good secondaries, the Cardinals second in DVOA, the Bills first in DVOA, now playing against the Rams fourth in DVOA, uh, also against the Panthers at the time with J.C. Horn, who were, you know, an elite defense through those first few weeks. He didn't throw for more than 168 yards in any of those games. They still clearly like to rely on the run. Um, like, I think that this should be closer to like 205, 200, you know, in general. Um, so yeah, I like the under here for sure. And I think that I, I'm just going to keep taking like bad quarterback unders, um, you know, which will lead me to one of my next picks as well. So that's, I definitely like that play here on the prop sheet. Could we just leave Jalen hurts and Davis mills in Connor's section. <laughs> and then he just edits out the, like the yardage and then the price. And then he just fills him in for the next week. So he really only has to come up with two new plays every week. <laughs> Alex and I have to, we come up with four. Connor just, you know, but I just, to, his, I just, to his point, they, you know, he's cashing checks with him. So, like, it's not – he's not going back to the well and getting drained. That's – that was Alan Lazard. You know, we stopped doing that. You know, these are cashing for him. Sorry, you seem disappointed with the Alan Lazard reference. I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm one in two on the Alan Lazard props this year. Uh, yeah, both – what the first one was on one catch for 38 yards. <laughs> the second one, he caught all three of his only three targets on, like, 18 Aaron Rodgers pass attempts in that game or something like that. <laughs> It was just, yeah, bad, bad. It was rough. Uh, next one for me, Deontay Johnson, over 68 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this is also on DraftKings, minus 115. I've seen this at other books as well. I think the uh, price is, is pretty comparable. Obviously, with Juju out, Ebron out today, we just have kind of a you know condensed target share in Pittsburgh, and Deontay is like the first look. Uh, he's been targeted on 28.9% of his routes this season. That's the fourth highest rate in the league. Got to love to see that. In games when he's played more than 25% of the snaps in the last couple of years, we've had a couple of games where he's left early due to injury. He's eclipsed this rate 67% of the times. Uh, you got to love that. It's a nice little hit right there. Browns are also basically one of the best run-stuffing units in the league. They are among the leaders in DVOA, EPA per play, explosive run rates. I think they're going to have a, a tough time on the ground here. They're going to have to use that short to intermediate passing game basically, basically as an extension of the running game. And I think you see Deontay absolutely feasting here. I also took uh, plus money at him on six and a half receptions as well. Um, I think that this is a, a really nice spot for him. Our projections have him in the low eights, eight and change. Um, yeah, and I think that's like plus 105. But I love the 68 and a half yards. As someone who had a big play on Chase Claypool a couple weeks ago, it's really frustrating to see Claypool like not even on the field, basically, and they just pepper Deontay. I absolutely love the spot for him. Yeah, good call. For sure, like that. I, I, I'm thinking about hugging that, you know, on our Discord. For Hug sure. that bad boy. Get in there. It's not too late. Uh, Alex, what's next for you, bud? Yeah, I like that play as well. Uh, the, the following prop I'm going to do pairs with that nicely, but before that, I'll get you one of that. my... I like that a lot. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so one of my favorite props of the week. Just came across it. Cortland Sutton over 58 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Sutton leads all wide receivers in air yards, 948 on the season. The Washington football team has given up the second most yards to opposing wide receivers this season, 1,443 through seven games. Jerry Judy has not yet been activated, nor did he practice today, uh, which puts his status in serious doubt for this weekend. Sutton has 30 targets over his last three games. He's cleared this total in all three games. He's averaging 94 yards over that same span. He looks all the way back from that ACL tear he suffered last season. He's operating at full health. 
Um, gets an absolutely pitiful Washington secondary. William Jackson the third, Washington's top corner, is questionable. He'd missed last week's game. His absence would obviously be an even bigger boost. I have Sutton projected at 70 yards, and that's with Judy uh, play playing. I could see an even larger game in the event that Judy is unable to suit up. Sutton right now just appears to be one of the most physically dominant wide receivers in football. I was just shocked that this number was in the high 50s. I totally anticipated in the mid to high 60s. I love this spot for him with or without Judy against a very vulnerable and suspect Washington secondary. I think the Judy thing is probably holding the line down, right? I mean, that's uh, – yeah. We're also looking at like he might not even play. It sounds like today like they were really unsure. Like they're hoping he does, but uh, you're going to get some – Really nice closing line value if we get a, a, a scratch on Judy here come yeah. Sunday. I might be I might be tailing that. Also, producer Sal added Corlin Sutton leads the league in air yards, 135 a game, 948 on the season. Insane. Love it. All right, Connor. Yeah, you have a type this week. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep it going with your third bet. Yeah. Okay. I didn't take all unders, which is pretty good. Uh, but I did take, I guess, I guess all the same position. Um, so Mike White under 223 and a half passing yards. You know, it's just that type taking a bad quarterback unders here. But the former fifth round pick out of uh, Western Kentucky now making his first NFL start against the Bengals defense, which has been, you know, pretty strong so far. Eighth in pass DVOA, 14th in adjusted sack rate. I think they proved to us last week that they are, in fact, an actual good defense uh, and that. You know, I think we were a little concerned about some of their matchups prior, but now they're also playing an, a deep, or an offense that's going to be one of the worst in the league, most likely with Mike White at the helm. Corey Davis is also on the wrong side of, you know, questionable. I think that he probably doesn't even play in this one. Um, so you're looking at a guy like Mike White, you know, making his first career start in, against a tough team without his top receiver. Um, again, this is another one where 223, I mean, it seems short in terms of the spectrum of quarterbacks, but – in terms of you know him as a player, uh, I have no idea why it's this high besides the fact that, oh, people are like, oh, he threw for 200 yards last week and a half. Well, that was coming in um, you know, against a Patriots team, which is already up like 30, and you know, they're just checking the ball down. Of course, they're just going to sit back and let him take five 10-yard checkdowns the entire game. Like That doesn't even matter to them because they've already won the game. Uh, they were just they were getting out of there. I mean, they benched their starters like in the like, – you know, at the start of the fourth quarter. So for me, I think I put like almost zero stock into that. You have an entire week to game plan specifically for Mike White. Um, even Zach Wilson only cleared this number in two of five starts this season. So, I mean, Mike White is, you know, an inferior talent, I would suggest, you know, to, you know, number two overall pick uh, Zach Wilson, who even though he's looked pretty bad, uh, I can't imagine that that uh, Mike White is much better, if better at all. I mean, he, I would say he's almost certainly a downgrade. So I think you'll end up with fewer than 200. If you can take any alt-unders, uh, I would I would definitely be into that as well. And I might points bet the under on this as well. Mm, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, yes. Corey Davis was, in fact, ruled out for this game too. Was he? All right, perfect. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I saw Doubtful just before we started. But, yeah, that, uh, only more reason I like that one quite a bit. I just realized that we are almost completely siloed off by position. Uh, Connor has four quarterback props today. I have four receiver props. Alex has three running back props. And then he just gave <laughs> us the Portland Sutton one. So we're like no we're almost very specific is like niche down even more. It's not intentional. Um, I definitely have a type this week for sure. Um, and uh, it's funny that uh, Connor is too and we're on the same trend. But uh, next one for me is uh, A.J. Brown. Over 69 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Um, actually, I played this at 69 and a half earlier before the Julio news. I think this is in like the low 70s right now. Uh, 
fine. Like, you know, anything, anything under 80, 85, like, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm fine with that. I saw, I think, 73 and a half earlier. I'm sure it's going to continue to spike. Um, you know, historically, these matchups, the Colts have really tried to take away Derrick Henry as much as one team can try to take away Derrick Henry. Um, but stopping the run is actually the strength of the Colts defense. Top D in run D DVOA, a second in rushing success rate is basically a quintessential funnel uh, for the past here. So uh, A.J. Brown is absolutely balling right now. He is playing some of the best football of his career. He was not active the first time they played back in week three, but last couple of weeks in nice matchups against Buffalo and Kansas City, hauled in 15 balls for 224. Uh, Tannehill's playing better. It looks like offensive coordinator Todd Downing has started to find his groove a little bit, like we're seeing a little bit more of the play action. Some of the stuff that worked for Tennessee in years past we're starting to see again. Uh, this just has a Double-digit target day for Brown all over it. We know his efficiency and after the you know after the catch skills are through the roof. So anything over you know mid seventies here for Brown, uh, absolutely love that play for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, this this just he is fully cleansed of his uh, Chipotle issues. Just say that. I that absolutely pretty quickly the, the cl- actual cleansing. It's the recovery. I think <laughs> post cleanse is the uh, the issue that needs to get you back on the field. <laughs> I love the play as well. I uh, just watching AJ Brown over the last few weeks. He is over that little early season uh, slump that he was experiencing. He looks like he's just set to have an absolutely monster second half of the season. Been extremely encouraged by everything I've seen from him. I'm absolutely going to tail that play. I love it as well. Uh, yeah. So my next prop leads me to Najee Harris under 105 and a half. Rushing and receiving yards is a combo prop. Harris has been held under in three of six games to start the season. He's looked a lot better of late, but I think the Browns are going to make life very difficult for him and dominate the line of scrimmage versus a pretty putrid Pittsburgh offensive line. Browns have surrendered the six fewest rushing yards and the seventh fewest receiving yards to opposing running backs. Uh, Ryan was talking about how they rank first in DVOA versus opposing running backs. The Browns have only allowed one running back this season to even eclipse this total. That was Austin Eckler in, a, in that huge, crazy shootout versus the Chargers a few weeks ago. Uh, Cleveland also ranks first in time of possession. Nick Chubb is due back. I expect Cleveland to dominate clock as usual, keep the Steelers and Najee off the field. Um, Also noteworthy, Anthony McFarlane was activated from injury reserve, the fourth-round second-year player, excuse me, fourth-round rookie from last year, second-year player this year. Steelers really like him. I don't expect him to put a significant dent into Najee's workload, but he could get a series or two, which would obviously strengthen this play a little bit further. Um, Yeah, Harris leads all running backs with an 86% snap share. I have to imagine the Steelers want to bring that number down a little bit. So, yeah, I'm fading Najee under 105 and a half rushing and receiving yards versus a very, very stout Browns front seven. Yeah, I like that call, buddy. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna have to get him the ball in the passing game a lot. But, again, like I think he's going to really struggle on the ground. So you still you have such a, a nice bandwidth to work with when you're kind of splitting it up between you know rushing and you know receiving work. So, uh, all right, we each have one more before we do. Just a reminder, um, there's a bunch of you in the chat, a bunch of you uh, watching. Fill up the chat. Uh, let us know your questions, uh, anything that you have questions about, things that we've shared, uh, any feelings on those. And, again, things that you've bet that you want us to tell you, awesome job, or, uh, you know, you want some, you know, some feedback on something that you're eyeballing. Uh, we're going to get to that right after we go around the horn one more time. Uh, bring us home, Connor. All right, my last one, it is the last bad quarterback under of uh, the week. 
Justin Fields under 17 and a half completions. He's gone under this in four or five starts so far. And now they're going to be playing a game where if you kind of look at what the 49ers are going to do, which is going to be running the ball. And I think that they'll be able to run the ball pretty successfully without Khalil Mack. And definitely with, uh, I think a key mix is probably going to play this week, but he's going to be a less than hundred percent. Um, and now, and a bears team that in one score games right now, they're running the ball at the highest rate in the league, 57% one score games. The next closest team is Jacksonville at 50%. So they're 7% higher than the next closest team running the ball in one score games there. It's just crazy at what they're doing. They're just entirely taking the ball out of field's hands. And in this one here where it's not like the 49ers offense is going to put them into some negative game state, like we saw last week where they basically just let fields do whatever towards the end of the game. And even then, even when they were losing by 21, 28, didn't matter. They were still running the ball to get the ball downfield. Um, and so for me, I think that this one, especially with it being close, it's just going to be a lot of running back and forth. This might be the shortest game of the week um, just because the, the clock is running the entire time. Uh, so I think volume is just going to be low in general. And I think that Fields is probably going to be a lot closer to like 15, 14 completions than, uh, you know, 18 or 19. Seems like the Bears' goal is to get back on the bus. Do they have um, goals? I mean, yeah, I guess that that, that would be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not uh, It's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. But uh, I'm going to stay in the same game, and I am going to um, take an over. I'm going to take an over on Debo Samuel, 69 and a half receiving yards as well. Um, 115 on DraftKings. This dude went out in an actual real life monsoon last week and balled out for seven and a hundred. Like now, I know that the clock is going to be ticking here, but he's a yak machine. He, his usage is through the roof right now. Only magnified with Kittle out of the lineup, he's going to be out again. Uh, last week, he saw 40 percent of the team's targets, 35 percent of the air yards, which is weird considering how they typically use him in a lot of you know low A dot stuff around the line of scrimmage. But again, he's a massive yards after the catch guy. They managed his practice reps a little bit this week. Like he popped up on the Wednesday injury report, uh, but he was no diagnosis on Friday. Like he is completely clean. He is ready to rock and roll. Uh, Bear surprisingly ranked dead last in DVOA against wide receiver ones this season. Um, you, you just look at like pure yards per game. They're not getting crushed, but they've just been really inefficient against it. Again, that's going to factor in things more than just raw yards. Kind of why DVOA is uh you know, again, not super predictive, but it's really descriptive of, of what's happened in the past and, and why we use it quite often. Um, yeah, I mean, he's averaging 108 yards per game so far this season. I think he gets really close to that mark. So 69 and a half. We have him, I think, projected in the, the mid 80s again. Again, really clean game without Kittle. Uh, Debo is absolutely the man. So I gave you four wide receiver overs all in like the 69 range want to have a real nice show for everybody so uh alex bring us on bud yeah so this is my last one it's Naheem hines over 11 and a half uh receiving yards this number just jumped off the page to me uh the colts have been leading the majority of their last four games they haven't been playing from behind or really needed hines um in his usual typical role as the two-minute back or their pri- primary pass-catching back. Uh, the last time these teams played, Hines went for five catches for 54 yards. If you're into, like, historical 
things. Hines has cleared this total in 40 of his career 55 regular season games. Uh, this number is just severely suppressed and discounted, in my opinion, just too low considering the potential game script in this game versus the Titans. Hines role in the offense as the primary pass catching back and two minute drill back. As I mentioned, he needs one catch to eclipse this number. In my opinion, he's due for some positive regression. This is a great spot for him to cash in on a really no number. I'm buying this discount. I just think this number is way too low. I think we're going to see the Colts trailing in this game, which they haven't done very much over their past four games. And yeah, I think we're just going to see some positive regression from Heinz. All right. We got like a game pick in there a little bit from prop stars as well. Talking about, you know, game state here. I think we're going to have a, a negative game script for the, the Colts. Okay. Well, Titans backing in there. I won't tell anybody. I know they're not here for that, but they get a little extra play from, from you. Uh, all right. Uh, let's jump into, I got some Twitter questions. Um, we'll dig into those first. Again, this gives you time to continue to keep firing off in the chat. I promise we will make it. Um, we left a little, we went through that a little quicker than last week. So we have a little extra room and we'll get to your question. I promise. All right. Uh, on Twitter, Mark wants to know <laughs> people's props. Uh, love it. So, uh, Justin Jefferson, 87 and a half receiving yards. Um, he didn't tell us if he's leaning one way or the other. Uh, he's not giving us a lean here, but uh, does this jump out to uh, either of you? Seems like a high number to me. He's probably going to deal with a lot of digs. Um, yeah, the number seems high. Obviously, he's been really productive, really consistent this season. Um, I do expect him to be potentially uh, chased around by Trevon Diggs throughout the game, which could um, make the matchup a little bit more difficult for him. Also, without Dak being in the game, I'm not sure how much Minnesota is going to need to throw the ball. I'm expecting them to have a pretty run-heavy uh, offensive game plan. On the other side, I expect the Cowboys to also run the ball as well. I could see this game playing pretty fast. So, if anything, I think the number's a little bit high. Pretty efficient, though. Don't really have a strong lean one way or the other. Connor, any leans here? Yeah, uh, I was projected. I was projected for 94, 90, 94 yards, but again, like I think the game stayed and like everything with. I mean, if Dak doesn't play, I mean, God, this is going to be like they're just going to run the ball thirty times with Dalvin Cook and get out of there. Like you know, I think the game's pretty much over before it starts. So I'm banking on Dak playing. I do have Dalvin over seventeen and a half carries, so I'll take yeah, that either way. Definitely, definitely on that as well. Um, I was would have shared it, but that's there's nowhere to be found today. Same thing yeah. with the. The Zeke, I have a Zeke over as well. That's off the board completely. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I think I feel like Dak's going to play. Um, just my lean based on some of the things that they're saying. Um, that would obviously change this game in a massive, massive way. The thing I'll say about Diggs, he is a risk taker. Um, so he's given up some big plays, and they play a lot of man. And Kirk Cousins historically has been fantastic against man coverage. So. With a number like this, like we're a little bit over it, not a margin that I would typically bet. But like Jefferson's a dude that has like his range of outcomes is massive. And you know, with a big play like this, he could blow way through it. So if you have a lean, trust your gut, go with it. I don't want to talk you off of it. It's not a play that I'm going to make as you know we record this now. But uh, I get why you would be on it because I think that there's some wide range of outcomes and some upside volatility there that could definitely benefit you. All right, uh, next, Eric Bassner. What do you think of Carson Wentz over one and a half touchdowns? Uh, that is minus 105. Uh, Alex, thoughts on uh, Wentz and touchdowns here? I know you're, we're sh- sounds like we're shorting the Colts a little bit. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think this is pretty good. Um, obviously, Tennessee has not been good versus um, posing wide receivers. I think they've given up as many passing yards as any defense in the league. They're starting two rookie corners. Um, yeah, Wentz has obviously looked a lot better in recent weeks. Um, I can I can see the Colts having to throw the ball and trail in this game. T.Y. Hilton being back certainly helps things on the Colts side a bit as well. Uh, yeah, I think this is pretty solid. Uh, Wentz touchdowns, Connor? Um, I just I think that there's so much variance. Like Jonathan Taylor could have three touchdowns here. And even if Wentz gets them down to the one every time uh, and they score a lot, it's just unless I think this game is going to be like in the 60 to 70 points range, uh, you know, like uh, I probably just wouldn't touch something like this. Big same. Um, I would need plus money on something like this. I mm-hmm. just don't. Sorry, folks. I don't love touchdown bets. We just don't. We just don't love them. Like they're just. Uh, there's to Connor's point. Like he could be balling out, and then there's. It's a singular event. It is. We have another question that I think we'll get to in a second. They're just very. They're very hard to predict. In that, for it was just easier to predict usage. For me, especially too. Like when I handicap something, like if I'm right, I want to win the bet. Like there's chances in with touchdown bets that you can handicap something entirely perfectly and be wrong, and still lose. I guess you know if that makes sense. Like you could be point. like, oh, Wentz is going to crush, you know what I mean? And then he crushes, but he only throws one touchdown somehow. You know, like those types of things happen. And that's what I, I hate that. I, I And it's happened before, and I've learned that the hard way, but that's just my take on it. Uh, next, Eric wants to know – I'm sorry, this is, uh, this is Mark again. Mo Alley Cox, 21 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, this usage of the tight end position for the Colts has been pretty maddening. Um, I mean, Mo Alley Cox is – Guy that I wish was getting more, but um, you know this is it is a low threshold. Let me see what our projections for Mo Ali. We have him at thirty six point four, so that's a healthy lean over for us. Um, but again, we're dealing with such a low threshold here. The variance at you know three receptions is pretty massive. Um, Since so nothing that I would tail. Alex, do you have any uh, feel for that one? Uh, no, I think the number's pretty efficient. I'd lean over on it. I like what I've seen out of Mo. I like Cox. I echo your sentiments. He should be more involved. But, yeah, the, the volume's low. It's hard to really bank on that. So, yeah, I'd lean over but don't have a strong strong uh, take on it. Yeah. I mean, he ran 11 routes last week. Like, you know, he – Yeah, yeah, it's just not – it's not enough. Uh, not conducive to uh, large receiving games. Exactly. Uh, at bet the over on Twitter, uh, can you talk about any time touchdown odds in general? For example, Mixon is minus one hundred five on FanDuel, so it's like fifty one ish percent probability. Uh, he scored in five of seven games, which would be seventy one percent. He wants to know: Is FanDuel baking in regression, or is he a sucker for taking minus one hundred five? Uh, make it make sense, he said. Um, so. Five of seven he's scored in is definitely, again, descriptive. It is what has happened. You think in a game against as 10.5-point favorites against the Jets, he is in a position to score a touchdown. Um, while that is definitely true, um, I think that part of the reason that touchdown props are so bad is because they aren't, prop- they aren't properly priced based on the actual probability for them to happen. So just because they've, he's hit a five of seven doesn't really dictate anything moving forward. Um, do I think he probably scores a touchdown here? Yes. Is this a bet that I'll ever make? No. Uh, Connor? Um, I'm trying to think. Let's see here. Yeah. No, it's, I think you, you did a good job uh, laying out most of it here. It's just it's – just 
<laughs> you okay over there? <laughs> Me? Yeah, dude. Uh, was, I have an asthmatic cat that uh, makes like <laughs> a lot of really loud sounds. <laughs> That's what you're I'm hearing. Like, I'm like dying. I'm like, I'm like, is Alex like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's my cat. Uh, <laughs> She's. Just... All right, like, hey, Alex, maybe had a long day. Maybe, you know, I don't know. maybe he had Chipotle for lunch. I don't know. Uh, I'd put her on the mic, but it'd be kind of hard. She's on the mic. Yeah. You can hear her well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come here, sweetie. Come here. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I mean, bring her up. She's going to be, uh, yeah. you know, here, so vocal, you know. just. There you go. Someone was talking about a cat appearance earlier. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, she's got really bad asthma, so she breathes really audibly. I just thought you were through her mouth. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I right saw now. you laughing. I was like, "Oh man, it must be Delilah." <laughs> uh, Alex is getting really comfortable on the show. Really, <laughs> just letting him go. Really comfortable. All right, well, we'll get we'll get back to this. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't ignore that. Um, <laughs> so for. Um. <laughs> All right. Next question. You got it. You got it. I'm done. Uh, touchdown. Don't don't mess with touchdown props. Don't mess with touchdown props. Uh, early early value NFL. Um, uh, do you feel that your best bets come from opening lines uh, early in the week, Thursday, Friday ish, when some of the players don't get featured as much, come up later in the week, like Saturday or Sunday? Are we able to take advantage of mistakes? on them um yeah alex thoughts on this uh yeah so i do think that there is a lot of value to be had uh right when the lines are dropped obviously um so yeah i do find a lot of value early in the week you can pounce on a lot of numbers um that i feel like aren't necessarily efficient uh then conversely there are a lot of lines that come out late saturday early sunday uh, the same thing where there's just props that are being held. So I think the, the two sweet spots are generally very early in the week, or at least for me, based at least this season, early in the week and then late Saturday, early Sunday tend to be the two sweet spots that I've found. Yeah. I, I think both is like such a good answer. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, there, there's, there's some great value early on, um, but this year it's less and less, honestly. I think that there's like, you know, two or three that I think are usually pretty ripe for the picking. And then, a lot of them are just based on, like, I guess whenever they release. And then I, I think that the, the injury edge of just, like, on Sundays is going to always exist because there's nothing sportsbooks can do about that. Um, and that's, like, probably one of the biggest edges still. It's just being able to hammer, you know, overs or unders on props based on a backup, you know, playing or, you know, not playing and kind of how the projected usage changes there. But uh, I think you have to understand the scope of, like, you know, the usage in general prior to fire on that, because, you know, like how does, how does Jerry Judy impact sudden or how does he not? So like for me, you know, like, I don't know if he's going to play or not, but you know, 58, I think 58 and a half, 59 and a half right now is a great play. You know, it's a good play, but like it becomes like a must play if Judy like for sure is out. So uh, I mean, even up to like 65, you know, probably in that range. So I think that that's like, those are the types of things that, you know, understanding that is, is important. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. I think the one thing is, is that we're so used to, and Connor and I spoke about this on our Wednesday show this week, like the sides and total markets, uber efficient. 
we know that it's really, especially as we get even on a Friday, uh, is really betting into it is is just the death of you long term. The pro market is not. You can get a bad number. We had it last week with Debo Samuel. I had Debo um, like nine yards higher than Alex gave it out on the show because I took it like a day before. But because of all the weather news, that line plummeted. And, yeah, Alex got the best number. And we always want the best number. It's the intent of the show. We're trying to get you the best number. We're trying to always get the best numbers. But just because I didn't have the best number didn't mean I had a bad line. He crushed it. He cleared it by 30 yards. So, like, you can get a bad number in this market, and it doesn't mean that it's a dead line because these are not efficient markets to begin with. That's why we are spending time doing a prop show and not, you know, going as long here on sides and totals on a Friday afternoon because those are really efficient markets. So, yeah, um, I think you can always want to be plugged in whatever your system is. It makes, you know, find it and make it work for you. Um, that's why I love communities like our discord because we have a community that's kind of shopping together. We kind of share some stuff. Like I dropped a list this week on Wednesday and said, Hey, <laughs> at me when any of these pop, if any of you see any of these at me, because these are things based on the work I've done already in the week that I like these spots to be over typically based on, you know, like I like these matchups. I want to see what the number is and maybe I'll chase them. So those things really help to have a community to help kind of do that. Uh, because you have to find a system that, that makes you work. You can get a dead number and it can still be good, whether that's, you know, Saturday night or Sunday morning just before kick. So uh, let us do the grinding for you because I know it's hard and that's kind of why we're here and what we are actually paid to do. And, and we do it for ourselves. But we, we have more fun when we have community wins like we did last week than when we're hoarding wins. Like, you know, I love that Connor kicked ass last week. That feels way better um, and just community wise to have us all printing. So, uh, let's do it all again this week. All right, those are the end of the Twitter questions. You guys are kicking butt here in chat. And let me get back to the top and let me see what I can find here. Yeah, there's, um, there's, a, there's plenty. So we got There's a lot. You guys are awesome. Oh, came for the prop stars. Stay for the free food. You got a little bit more than the free food there, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dan. Pivot Pivot props. Props. Listen, yeah. Dan, I, this is my guy. I We know this. You're pushing it on us, okay? Don't be a Pittman pusher. Uh, I've got to take on Pittman. We all I love do, Pittman. I do too, yeah. The, the splits with T.Y. Hilton on and off are extremely alarming. I posted this in my Slack earlier. I think in 11 of 13 games that Pittman and T.Y. have played together – Pittman's been held under, I want to say, 44 yards. Obviously, he's ascended as a player. He's like a, gotten a lot better. He's only had one game sample so far with T.Y. this season. But, yeah, he just T.Y. seems to be the preferred target in the offense. I just think the number, while well, I would play it in a heartbeat if there was no T.Y., just with the Colts not being a high-volume passing attack, it's just hard to take this number, to take this over this week for Pittman as far as I'm concerned. Imagine saying something bad about Michael Pittman on the show. I love the guy. It's tough. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, Connor, contrarian take. Yeah, I, I kind of lean the other way. Just that I don't think that, like, Hilton at this point, especially when he's banged up, like, you know, maybe if he's fully healthy, I think that, that you you certainly make a great point. But now, like, kind of banged up, he's still only questionable. I think he's shaping up to play. But, you know, what kind of role does he play? Um, now he draws, you know, a Titans defense, which – um, has allowed the most yards to opposing wide receivers so far. 
Um, I think that it should be, you know, decently back and forth uh, here. And he leads the team in, you know, air yards, leads the team in target share. And so some of that probably takes a hit with T.Y. there. But uh, I don't think that he's healthy enough to make it too big of a difference. So that's my take. I still I think I mean, the number is like 62. I think that I, I still like the over there. Uh, shout out to Prop Stars. Hashtag goat. Hard <laughs> to argue with that. Uh, we love this. Up 1 a.m. in the U.K. Uh, thank you, GF. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for hanging out. Um, all right. My man, one man, one chance, gave us a uh, a big one here with uh, lots of little details. He's, he's writing an article for us, which I, I love to see. Jonathan Taylor, combine uh, rushing receiving number of 99.5 minus 115. Any thoughts on the over here? He's got some other little tidbits. Hitting five of seven. He just passed four. Gave us a little game state here. Um, good stuff here. Listen, I've been on the wrong end of multiple Jonathan Taylor receiving yards uh, numbers this year where it's just like it always pops in our prop uh, prop uh, tool as like a, a buy. Even last week, he got three targets. He caught three balls, three yards. Um, sometimes they just don't throw to him at all, and it's just really weird. It has been trending up. He has been you know splitting long down and distance stuff with Hines a little bit. He has been you know taking a little bit more of that passing game work. But I know, Alex, you're already on a Heinz over. Any thoughts on JT here? Yeah, I'm high on JT. I do like the player quite a bit. Uh, the number does seem efficient to me. I would caution with JT if you look at previous games, a lot of these numbers, like when he's gone over, have included like a very large carry or a very large reception where he's just busted off like a 40-plus yard gain. Yeah. That's difficult to account for, difficult to project, and difficult to count on. So, yeah, that's why I would caution somewhat or err cautiously regarding um, some of his numbers uh, just because, yeah, it's just hard to uh, predict a 50-yard-plus game every season. Or, excuse me, every game. Yeah, it's tough. Any uh, leans there, Connor? Our projections have him like way over, but we also have him projected oh, for thirty something for receiving yards, just because he's so explosive. But yeah, I think like you said, like betting running back receiving overs is something that I've started to shy away from after we just got you know buried in them early on, and uh, I felt like I had the right side of you know a lot of them and just didn't pan out. They're, I think they're just a little bit too volatile. Um, so yeah, for me, I think that the ninety nine and a half is fine. Uh, I would definitely lean over, but it's you know tough for me to play. I agree. I also agree with Edward. $44 is a steal. $44 if you missed the top of the show. You can get a betting sub at 4 for 4 for the rest of the season through the end of February. You're going to get some NBA content in there. You're going to get some golf content in there. You're going to get us all the way through the Super Bowl. gives you every piece of content on the site. If you're a DFS player, all those tools, projections, the prop tool that we're going to show you in a little bit, $44. That's, guy, that's like it's a half a bet. I mean, come on. Like what? What are we doing here? <laughs> Get in the Discord. Like, let's 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 dance. Uh, we Worth its weight in gold. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of creeped out that Alex sleeps next to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know if you guys notice. I've got Jonathan Coachman, the host of Sports Lines. Yeah, that's over the, my- the picture right there, right? That's the picture right there. <laughs> this is my guest room, so I actually I don't sleep with Coach in my room. But any guests that come to the Prop Stars residence, they're sleeping with Coach. They're sleeping with Coach. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Uh, what else we got here, Dean? What's up, buddy? Um, Eagles uh, seem like a tough team to figure out. Outside of Hurts, as a fan, what do you think, Prop Stars? 
Yeah, I'm uh, from Philadelphia area. I, I, root, I have a rooting interest in the Eagles, so I do uh, monitor them closely. This season has been uh, difficult. I think Hertz has played a little bit above expectations, a little bit better than people expected just well enough to keep them out of, you know, like a top five pick, which I think will ultimately hurt them. I haven't looked a lot ahead towards this draft class, but I do believe there aren't any premier quarterback prospects, or at least like there have been in recent years. If I were somehow in control or the general manager of the Eagles, I'd personally gut the roster. I'd hold on to some of the young talent, obviously, but I think I'd get rid of all the aging veterans and, uh, yeah, just look to rebuild for the future, probably tank for a season, acquire as many assets as possible. Um, yeah, I just don't think, I think they're a bottom five team as far as talent is concerned. Uh, they're lacking on both sides of the football. I don't think Hertz is a long-term answer. I'd probably see what I have with Minshew, give him a couple starts just to see if he's a viable backup. But yeah, I'm not high on the Eagles, both short and long-term uh, future. I get it. Uh, DFS. Jalen and Devontae, yeah. I mean, if you don't build oh, yeah. a Jalen, Devontae, um, DeAndre Swift team this week, uh, what are you even doing? Are you even living life? Uh, I feel like those are those are going to be really popular and uh, and make a lot of sense in the DFS streets. Uh, crazy to be under on Josh Allen, uh, 283.5. He's only hit this once in the last five games against Miami. Um, I mean, not crazy. Um, anyone have thoughts on that one? I mean, you're kind of banking on the game getting out of hand to the point where Buffalo is going to, like, you know, step off the neck a little bit, so to speak, um, of Miami and probably lean on Singletary and Zach Moss will more Moss than Singletary, which they haven't really done uh, much. You know, they obviously are super as aggressive as any team in the league. They continue yeah. to throw up multiple scores. So, yeah, that is even though historically it may seem like a plus EV play, I just can't. Uh, it's hard to make a, a solid argument outside of just mm-hmm. the potential of Buffalo smoking them and backing off a little bit for that under to hit. Yeah. And for me, when like I look at, you know, I think that looking at how often a player hits a number is important, but more, more specifically in a sample that I think is most relevant to what you're trying to project. So, you know, like how often is Josh Allen hitting that number this year versus like how often is Josh Allen or like how often is Josh Allen hitting it versus defenses that rank similarly in terms of stats you know what i mean like or a spot where he's a double digit favorite exactly like those types of things like comparable rather than like just you know player versus team over x amount of years because you know miami's defense last year was a lot better than they are this year um and you know well maybe you know i mean they're definitely better you know they're they're definitely better i mean regardless of the output you know but their efficiency was a lot better so it's like those types of things that i think that you know some of the players three years ago weren't even the same like you know play like they didn't even have the same guys so i think that that's just like not as relevant as like other factors couldn't agree more i think he nailed the hit the nail on the head with that have fun when you're watching these games no one wants you don't watch that game and have an under on josh allen like (laughs) yeah that's why i like betting against bad quarterbacks it's fun to root against those guys they're suckers you know like they just stink and there's a million bets on the board yeah Uh, yeah go grab something other than the josh allen uh under unless there's like a large discrepancy and like if you have a projections that you trust and there's you know a lean there we're over we're, we're at 298 um on josh allen he is our number one quarterback in our rankings for the week uh all right uh, Deontay, i mean he's got a Deontay at 67 and a half at bet 365 dance let's go uh cole Komet, 26 and a half receiving yards i mean 
we're, we're we're not banking on a whole lot of completions. We're not banking on a whole lot of plays there. Uh, anyone have a lean on Cole Komet? I know Jimmy Graham probably out again, I believe. So I, I get why you know there could be some buying opportunity. Yeah, I mean, outside of Mooney, Komet seems to be uh, his preferred target. But we're talking about a very low volume, and yeah, just it's hard to trust any pass catcher in. Uh, Chicago's offense, they're just, like we have been mentioning earlier in the show, they're just going to run the ball. They run the ball when they're down. Um, yeah, this game projects to be competitive as well. So, yeah, I just it's hard to envision Comet uh, receiving the sort of target share or volume necessary to uh, have a big edge on the over. Yeah, CPAT. I don't want to put CPAT out there just in case. Producer Sal, I don't know what his prop tool thing is. <laughs> been CPAT sometimes, so I'm just going to take that off the board. Maybe yeah. we can circle back to that. I want to make sure that I'm not stepping on uh, producer Sal's toes here. So, um, are we good? Sal says we can talk about CPAT. Yeah, he said we're okay. good. All right. All right. Uh, any CPAT thoughts? Uh, I, I'm, su- CPAT? <laughs> I'm super high on CPAT. CPAT to me is the MVP of the Falcons, at least this season. <laughs> He's got six touchdowns. He has been the Falcons' most consistent player we've seen. Finally, the Falcons coaching staff has made the shift from Mike Davis to C. Patty. I touched him 16 to four uh, last week. I expect that trend to continue. Uh, it was a little curious to see him. I guess, you know, they're not trying to give him 20 plus touches. So I do think that the receiving work may fall off a little bit. Uh, we did see an example of that. I think he only ended up with four targets previously had had at least six targets, I believe in every game. So yeah, I do think he has earned the role that he is going to be featured in this Atlanta offense. He's been their best offensive player so far. Uh, very versatile. I'm a huge fan of the guy, probably too big of a fan of him, all things considered. He is still CPAP, but, yeah, I, I like his over a lot this week for rushing yards, and, uh, yeah, I'm expecting him to have another big week. Connor, you in there too? Yeah, the well, the, the explanation here on his name from that guy uh, is very nice, CDA Patterson, Cordae Elaine Patterson. <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I think that it was interesting last week. So they came out of a bye and they gave him 16 touches to Mike Davis's four. So like, you know, that to me, that signals that they plan to get him the ball a little bit more, at least use him in positions where he could get the ball more. But Mike Davis still played 60% of the snaps. I think that probably a little bit noisy, but still I think that they want Patterson to be the lead guy going forward. So um, yeah, I think you would probably still take some overs on him. I'm just like not super bullish on anyone on this Falcons team just in general, to be honest. I think that a lot, a little bit of the edge is gone. I will caution, too, that Carolina has been unbelievable at uh, covering opposing running backs out of the backfield. Uh, Through seven games, I believe they have allowed 80 yards receiving to opposing running backs. And the next best team is the Chargers, who have given up 160 um, yards to the position. So, yeah, they are blanketing opposing running backs. So I would look at his rushing prop before I'd look at his receiving prop. They're also getting Shaq Thompson back, who is a very good coverage linebacker. So, yeah, I, I caution against any running back receiving props in that Atlanta-Carolina game just based on how well at, uh, how well the Panthers have covered backs out of the backfield. 13.9 yards per game to the position. Uh, one, uh, number one in DVOA. Uh, against the running back passes. So um, good transition. Pro- professional show right here. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, receiving prop. Uh, Lions, the other side of the coin, dead last in uh, pass-catching DVOA running backs. They are absolutely giving it up. Um, Gainwell 
got some nice work last week. Obviously, you know, he is set to, to you know, have a little bit more longer runway this week with Miles Sanders out. He is uh, likely going to be featured more in the passing game than he is in the uh, backfield as far as carries are concerned. He kind of gave up a lot to uh, Boston Scott, but he ran a route on 56% of the dropbacks last week and was uh, targeted on 30% of his routes run, which is a really nice number for a running back. Again, the game uh, was they were playing from behind. And, um, yeah, I know Connor and I, we, we talked about this the other night on the other show, like – Lions are kind of live here. At least we think this is kind of neutral setting. Gainwell is the more explosive back. I hadn't seen this number, but uh, seeing it out there now at most spots, receiving is anywhere from 32.5 to 33.5. His combined number at 64.5 is uh, pretty nice. Actually, I kind of like the over, but I'm, I'm with Connor. Like I'm just shying away from these running back receiving yards because they've uh, they burned me a little bit. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on this? We have projected actually right at 30 for 3.8 receptions. Um, so I think that it might be a no play. I thought it would be a little bit less. I don't know why I anticipate that. Maybe a receptions prop, I think, if you want to take it. I don't know. Like, you know, if you probably find like a, a two and a half or a three, you know, three and a half maybe. So I don't know. I, I lean over there, but it's tough. Yeah. No receptions currently on the board anywhere. Alex, any thoughts? Yeah, I would say that uh, Boston Scott got a lot more run last week than I anticipated after Miles Sanders was ruled out of the game. I was expecting Gainwell to be featured more um, in the Philadelphia offense. Uh, Yeah, I do expect Boston Scott to continue to have a pretty significant role in the Eagles offense. So, yeah, I do love Gainwell as a receiver. I think he is a very fluid route runner. Nick Sirianni loves him. Obviously, he's gotten uh, he's played in some crucial moments. He seems to be the preferred back in uh, two-minute drill as well and the hurry-up offense. But, yeah, I do think Boston Scott is going to mix in for a healthy um, amount of touches. And they did activate uh, Jordan Howard to the roster, and I did read that he ran with the ones all week in practice. So just something to be aware of. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the shift that we expected, or I think some people are expecting uh, to gain well. I do think that Howard's going to obviously have an early down roll and Scott will mix in as well. So I don't really see Gangwell receiving uh, necessarily a big bump in touches. All right, we're going to go lightning mode here to uh, to wrap up to try and knock some of these out. Devontae over 22 and a half is the longest reception. Sure. Um, I don't love that as much, but I uh, have no problem with that. White, I think we're over. If you can get 220 and a half, we're still good with an under, Connor. Definitely. Down to 200. I don't even care. He's going to end up like 140. <laughs> Any thoughts on Jamison Crowder working out of the slot? Obviously, uh, target competition is minimal with uh, the lack of Corey Davis there. But I know we're trying to short that passing game. Uh, th- three and a half receptions, 44 and a half yards. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on Jamison? Uh- I buy that receptions all day. I, I did have the displeasure of watching the Jets last week. Uh, Mike White looked comfortable throwing to the slot, and I do think the Bengals are very fr- stout up front. They're going to just allow him to dink and dunk. And, yeah, I think Crowder's going to run a lot of routes close to the line of for scrimmage, high percentage routes. Um, the yards are a little scary for me, but I do think the over three-and-a-half completions should be a pretty strong bet. I like the Kamara play, receiving yards over 46-and-a-half. Uh, on repeat since when can't seem to hit anyone else. Uh, yeah, you don't run against the Bucks. The Bucks are also a, another team that we like to uh, target running backs against. They are giving it up at a pretty high rate. That's also they are seeing a lot of volume because teams choose to not run against them too. So there's a little bit in there. Uh, any thoughts on Kamara? Nope, you laid it out. That was good. I like it over. Um, looks like everyone is getting Najee's line at uh, 108 and a half. 
uh, on all sites. Prop Stars doesn't even need the best number. He gave the books the three yards back and said, <laughs> I'll take this at 105. And you can keep your juice, uh, keep your three yards. We're good. That's how good he is. So, um, waiting on this drop uh, for Jared Goff completions. Leads the league in attempts under 10 yards. Eagles are giving it up at a pretty high rate under 10 yards here. Uh, interesting. It makes sense. I mean, they're not really chucking it downfield. They don't have a lot of deep threats. It is a lot of Swift and Hawkinson. Um, so you can sell me on that. The Eagles also play like just the most bland, too deep defense. Uh, they do really nothing dynamic. Sorry, Alex, to, to beat up on your team. Uh, they don't They don't disguise a lot of looks. They're pretty vanilla defensively. Um, I can see this. That makes That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's see. Kirk Cousins over two and a half rushing yards. I love these. Uh, I hit it in three of five, uh, with one miss being at two yards uh, against Cleveland. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, we talked about Dallas playing a lot of man and how Cousins like tears up man. Um, we like man when we want rushing quarterbacks because the defense turns their back to the quarterback and they can run. I don't think that that's Kirk Cousins' first look, but. Uh, could be you could sell me on that one. Uh, Daryl Henderson over 16 and a half rushing attempts, minus 114. Uh, concerned that they may sit him against the Texans after some time. You would have thought that last week at home against Detroit, it didn't happen. And um, I think because they had a tight game against Detroit, they're maybe less likely to kind of go to Houston and take their foot off the gas. I think you see a pretty healthy dose. It's probably a good number. Um, I think our prop or our projections right around there. So it's not anything that I love but I think he's probably pretty efficient with those. Uh, anyone have a lean strong on, yeah. on D'Endo? We have more. Right. Yeah, go for it. No, no, no. You, you go, Connor. We haven't, we were rejected over, but last week, Damian Harris played against the same, or played, you know, a similar game. We needed one carry in the, the final, uh, you know, quarter and didn't get there. Uh, so that's one of those things where if they're winning by a lot, you know, it wasn't against the Texans, but still it's one of those things that it can happen. But I think that, you know, 16 and a half is still fair if you want to take a stab on the over because he's, but the clear lead back. Yeah. David Johnson over 25 and a half receiving yards, uh, waiting for his reception reception number to drop. But any interest here? I mean, obviously the backfield gets a little less dicey with Mark Ingram moving on to New Orleans. Uh, just such an anemic offense. And again, the kind of the tune that we're playing here is we're, um, unless we feel that we have a massive edge on a receiving yard number with a, re- with a running back, we're trying to stay away from it. David Johnson is not a dude that is like, creating yards anymore by himself. Um, not something that yeah. I that I love. Um, over one and a half receptions for Naeem Hines. Really juicy, minus 165. Pretty juicy for me, but uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, Alex. Yeah, I'd hold off. I think the yards offer better value, especially at that low of a number. Um, if it moves up a yard or two, I think it's still fine. At 12 or 13, it's still very playable there. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Goddard over four and a half receptions at plus 120. Fell short of this last week in negative game script. Doesn't mean that he's going to again, uh, but uh, I like that you're getting plus money, but I don't love the number. Anyone have a thought here? Yeah, I don't love the number either. Uh, I was expecting a larger target share, especially in the negative game script that we got. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I think he's running a lot of routes pretty deep down the field as well. Uh, I, I would prefer to see him running routes closer to the line of scrimmage and just been targeted more. We didn't see it. Uh, they're using him deep down the field. I don't think that necessarily translates to a large target share in this Eagles passing offense. So yeah, I do not love it. 
Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, you guys are awesome. We love uh, you guys are filling it up. Um, Gino, does he throw to Metcalf this week as he should? I don't want any props tied to Gino Smith personally. Um, DK, obviously, in the range of outcomes for him to go deep, we saw it last week, but again, uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore fell on that play. It's a little bit noisy and then didn't see the ball for basically the next 40 minutes. He's also been very busy this week. I don't know if you've seen what uh, DK has been up to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's tired, man. He's tired. Uh, his, his only model is like four some or whatever. Or something like that. Yeah, he's, 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 he's yeah. tired. So I don't know that I want to chase <laughs> DK props. Yeah, dude. Good for him, that. though, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why people are hating on him. I mean, whatever. Like, just let him do him. Uh, you got an Aaron Jones touchdown prop suite. Uh, don't do it next week. Um, let's see here. Pittman under then. Um, I mean, there's we're split here. We're split. Uh, I don't necessarily like his under. I just don't love the over. We've been on Pittman, I think, in like five or seven shows. I've been playing his over multiple times this year. I'm just not as high on it as I have been in previous weeks, despite the great matchup. I just got burnt when T.Y. was back in the lineup, and I just am airing a little bit cautiously yeah. until I see Pittman produce with TY in the lineup. I'm going to personally stay away. I would still hundred percent lean over on the play though. Makes sense. We, we would, uh, it's really tough to take unders on, you know, guys like Derek Henry, AJ Brown, you know, uh, Michael Pittman, who are just grown ass man, you know, like yep. they're just, you know, jams. They, yeah. They, one, they, one take or one catch. They can just break yeah. off and just yak their way to the end zone. Mm-hmm. This is a great question from Matt. Given props go under 60% of the time, should my picks reflect that? Uh, I think that's a fantastic question. I think no. Um, because I really? think – Well, so what I was saying earlier is I think that you should find something that works for you that you're comfortable with. Um, I don't think that you should blindly bet one way or the other. Um, I think that you should look for unders because knowing that, that naturally we're inflated and our minds are set to want to chase positivity and good things and guys going over – but I also don't think that your portfolio and how you bet should like mirror the market perfectly. I think you need to be aware that they're typically leaning over and they kind of juiced up at, at times um, and look for inefficiencies, but I don't think that you necessarily should have your portfolio reflect that. But what are your thoughts, Connor? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, uh, I think that you come from a, like a different position than someone than a lot of other people though, because you know, you come from like a DFS background and like, you know, we're going game by game, breaking down every player of every position of every game and every game from a batting standpoint. Whereas most people probably aren't doing that work, you know, like that type of work. So I think for, for us, like it's a little bit easier to pinpoint certain overs or like, you know, um, and like certain situations and spots. Whereas I think that just coming on to, you know, being a better, and I'm not saying that he's newer or anything, but just like, if you're not doing all that type of work, um, I just think that it's easier to be more successful if you're betting more unders. Um, and, and it's also just betting against, you're betting against like human achievements and like, you know, you're, you're winning until you're losing rather than losing until you're winning. And that's, I think that that's plays a big part. And there's a lot more outs on unders. I get that. So yeah, you shouldn't only bet unders. You shouldn't like have your bets only skew towards that. You should do what works best for you. If you're good over better bet overs. But um, I would say that, you know, Betting unders has been valuable to increasing my, like me personally, like, you know, just my total output. Well, I think that's a good point. Um, for me, season long props, I, I want to go like 80%, 85% under uh, whenever I can. Like, I definitely want to lean under because there's even more outs in that. It's like, you're, you're not baking in, you know, injury risk and things like that. And 
over the course of a season, I think I want to lean very heavy under on season-long props. Week by week, to your point, I think I can find some better matchups in exploiting overs at times, but I think you make a good point, and that's why there's options on both sides, and you can really find what works for you. Um, and if you're more comfortable doing that, you know, part of being on our team here is you can choose to tail the unders that you like if you feel that that's really where you want to you know, make your mark and, and get your money in. Um, let's see. We're a little bit over our show time here. I'm going to see if there's anything else before we get to the uh, the uh, prop of the day. Uh, game while we touched on, see if how we touched on. Hasty over 11 and a half receiving yards. Basically, Elijah Mitchell is a, um, you know, early down work guy. Um, you could sell me on Hasty. Anyone have any strong plays there? Nah. No one has strong plays on Hasty. AB out, Grant questionable. Evans, 65 and a half receiving yards. Evans has had some tough battles with Marshawn Lattimore over the years. Um, Godwin would be my lean there. Um, if I had to pick one of those, what do you guys think? Uh, this wasn't listed, but I don't mind fading Fournette's uh, rushing yards this week. I was incredibly, I've been incredibly impressed with the Saints front. Uh, that run defense to me is spectacular. I was actually hoping that Fournette, based on um, his past results or recent results, would open in the 60s and I comfortably play his under. I do think, obviously, the number is accounting for how good um, the Saints front is. But, yeah, that's that's the prop yeah, that I've got 50, my eye on. 54 and a half is tough. I mean, he's just, the issue is he's going to see, like, 15, 16 carries probably. Agreed. TJ Hawkinson. Um, TJ Hawkinson, 52 and a half receiving yards. Um, that kind of fits the narrative that we heard earlier around the, the golf stuff being short and intermediate. Um, I would lean over on Hawk. Anyone have a feel? Yeah, I'd lean over as well. The Eagles do struggle with short to intermediate um, routes. They have given up a lot of short completions. Hawk is running a lot of high percentage routes near the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Goff does not drive the ball down the field. The Eagles defense has done a decent job of taking away um, deep down the field. So, yeah, I, I do like Hawk this week. I'd probably look more towards his receptions than yards, though. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at MoveTheLineNFL. Um, or any of us individually. If you're watching late, um, you know, say you're watching this later on Friday night or Saturday or even Sunday morning, hit us up on Twitter. We'll uh, happy to help you with anything that you're looking at as the market continues to shape and develop. Um, let's jump into our player prop tool of the week, producer Sal. Let's see what you got. Maybe Sal. Produce yourself. <laughs> He's <laughs> muted today. You know? All right. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> uh, Kyle Juszczyk <laughs> receiving yards over 12 and a half. Um, this is a minus 110 bet over at William Hill. Uh, the four for four projections have us at 22.7 yards for Kyle Juszczyk. No one loves Kyle Juszczyk more than John Paulson, uh, our <laughs> genius behind the props. Um, Kyle Juszczyk is a buy, a value in the prop tool every week. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on on the juice man here? Uh, um, so I think he's gone over this this season in four. Four games. Uh, so, 
I mean, but my issue with just like betting any of these overs outside of Debo is like, I just don't think they're going to pass very much because um, they want to have to. And so I just like, I could see Jimmy passing the ball like 25 times, something like that. Uh, do they feature juice, you know, in that, uh, in the one of those 25? That's, that's the question, basically. Or two, probably. It's probably two catches. Well, you know, you know what juice just takes one, you know? Dynamic. <laughs> Dynamic. Uh, uh, any thoughts here, Alex, on the juice? Uh, <laughs> nothing. Uh, I do in my projections as well. I do notice that when I, when I like enter him in, he always is like trending over every single time. So, yeah, I don't know what it is that just translates to him being like very projection friendly. But uh, yeah, I don't have a strong lean on juice one way or the other. Well, Proctool has been good this year, and uh, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, again, this is part of our betting subscription over at 4 for 4 Player Prop Tool. You can customize based on your state, based on the books that you have available. If you have offshores or maybe you even have a points or a prize pick uh, situation, you can put in and make a custom bet, and it can tell you uh, if there's any value on that. And like, I think that is super useful for no matter what you're doing. Again, that is massively reduced in price, $44.00. Uh, to the end of February, gets you everything on our site. So uh, check out that in the show notes if you haven't. So you guys are awesome. We appreciate this. I know this is something we all look forward to every week. Um, continuing to hopefully fire some winners, have some community wins. When you're winning some stuff, uh, tag us on Twitter. Let us know that you're winning too. We want to celebrate those wins with you. Again, as I mentioned earlier, like that's the best part of this. Like We enjoy winning too, uh, but I know like we've been doing this for a long time and you know, in the content space, it's a lot of fun when you guys win too. And when we can help you, you know, maybe steer you away that you were leaning and we can help drive that home for you. That's why we're here. So uh, for Connor and Alex, I'm Ryan. We'll be back to do it all again next week. Thanks for listening, everyone.